0: Welcome, everybody, into the Overreaction Buffalo Post Game Show, brought to you by the Market Dominator team on the Buffalo Rumblings VidCast Network, presented by Picasso's Pizza. Treat yourself to the most flavorful pizza on game day. Picasso's We Are Buffalo Pizza, shipping local, local and nationwide order online at Picasso's Pizza.net. I'm the voice of the Overreaction Buffalo Post Game Show. My name is Joe Miller. You can find me on Twitter at Joe Miller Wired. And I got all kinds of technical issues going on. So this show is starting late. Thankful for all the people hanging out in the comments section. Uh, Yeah, so uh, 16 minutes late. Thank you, Joe. Appreciate it. (laughs) As you can see, my camera's really dark because my webcam settings aren't working. Uh, I'm surprised that the microphone is working. But regardless, we are here. We're going to talk about Bill Belichick strikes again. Bill Belichick has been... uh, Giving us problems all week, it seems like, from a technology. If he can't win the football game, by God, he's going to shut down all of our, our our Victory Friday conversations, as it officially is Victory Friday. It'll be Victory Saturday, Victory Sunday, and, of course, Victory Monday. But uh, do me a favor, whatever platform you are consuming this podcast on, please like and subscribe, whether you're watching me live right now on YouTube or you are listening to me in podcast form it's so good to have you De- the december darlings have officially returned the december darlings the buffalo bills have returned and and let's be honest for a second Gillette Stadium is officially Josh's house can we just can we just solve that and like put that to bed right now not only is Gillette paying uh for the naming rights to the Patriot Stadium but they're also paying Josh Allen <laughs> and his beautiful face uh, to basically rep their product. So if one and one equals two, then that tells me that Gillette Stadium must be Josh's house, right? I mean, is there any other way to look at that? It's got to be one of the biggest flexes. They actually talked about it on the post-game show uh, on Prime Video, which was pretty freaking great. Uh, But, uh, yeah, this, this game was incredible. Uh and and the best news is the Bills came out of it. It was a it was a solid victory. There was n- never really any doubt as far as that goes. The Bills now get to go on and they've got 10 days of rest to get healthy. Um, in the post-game show as well, Stefan Diggs was asked, you know, just about Josh and what's going on. And he was like, you know, well, Josh is just Josh is just having fun again. And then I would probably tell you that uh we all know that when uh when we have a fun Josh Allen. We have a dangerous Josh Allen, which is great. But uh, this game was something else, and we're going to talk all about it. You know, aside from a miraculous Wildest Dreams land, no punt type game, which we saw uh, the last two times we played uh, the, the 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 Patriots, and there was a moment there getting into deep into the first half. I thought we were going to get it again this time. <laughs> Except for those types of crazy wins that don't happen very often. This was by far and away one of the most complete wins you will see in the NFL. No, the Bills didn't score 40 points. No, they didn't score 35. They actually, you know, the the they didn't actually, the Bills and the Patriots together didn't actually cover the over. Uh, so if you took the under, which a lot of people I think were talking about, then you you made out. But this was a very complete win from this football team. Um And they looked a lot like the Buffalo Bills that we know, the Buffalo Bills that we love, offense, defense, special teams. And now, much to our surprise, after three years, four years, it seems like we can finally probably start having conversations about the fact that we have a run game. The Buffalo Bills have a run game. Keep in mind, when you run against the Browns, the Browns aren't a good run defense team. It's different than when you run against Bill Belichick and the Patriots, and that's what the Buffalo Bills did in this football game. Not to mention that, so offense, defense, special teams, now a run game with a budding, hopefully potential, two-headed monster in Devin Singletary and James Cook. The only big play this defense even gave up, the only big play, was the long screen pass to, to Jones, and I'll be honest with you, as much as I rewound it about six times, and i was mad at demar hamlin i think he guessed wrong i think literally that play came down to just him thinking it was going to Devontae parker and it ended up going to jones and then jones ran right by him uh so i think even that is a potential just just it's just one of those he he had a 50-50 shot guessed the wrong guy and it happened but we are going to talk about this football game we're going to have some fun here on victory friday we're going to have some fun on the overreaction post game show Um, I got to pull up all the tweets to make sure that I've got them because literally everybody legit frazzled for those of you that aren't aware that are listening in podcast form uh, effectively nothing wanted to work literally the the streaming program that we use didn't want to recognize my camera didn't want to recognize my microphone Um, I don't know if it's a chrome issue I don't know what is going on but it's just not happy for some stinking reason so I'm a little bit uh, frazzled, but you know what? We're going to talk about it. I'm glad that you're here. Everybody that's in the comments section, uh, if, you, if you want to to get a comment in, if you've got a question for me, uh, please super chat me. It will get my attention. My glass of bourbon is already half gone and the show has already started because <laughs> I was drinking it while I was trying to figure out what of the crap was going on. Oh, well, if this stuff wasn't happening, I guess it wouldn't be fun. You know what? I've got a pretty good run going. I've been doing these live shows for over a year. It's been about two and a half, and this is the first time I've really ever had a technical issue. So let's do this. uh, let, Let me give you the tagline, which is, I'm excited that you guys are here. And whether this podcast finds you around a cup of coffee at the gym with your AirPods in, or on the drive to work, or even possibly watching me live right now, let me just say one more time, welcome. And I'm gonna do this, uh, just cause it's the top of the show, we're gonna hear from our show sponsor, the Market Dominator, ladies, ladies and gentlemen, John Spaszczak. Introducing the Market Dominator. Folks, I'm John Spascheck. that's right, the Market Dominator, and I am the proud sponsor of the Overreaction Podcast, hosted by my good friend, Joe Miller. You know, his approach is absolutely outstanding. It's excellent. And that's what our approach is when we get into real estate. We help our clients win just like our beloved team is doing week in and week out. So, folks, if you want somebody representing you with the most cutting edge technology, using artificial intelligence and everything we can get our hands on to help you win, you reach out to me directly, 716 570-3298, 570 we will answer our phone. And one more thing, go Bills. Go Bills, that is John Spazchek, the market dominator himself. If you are looking to buy or sell a home in this very competitive, very crazy market that's going on right now, Please give them a call 716-570-3298. The number again 716-570-3298. The Buffalo Bills came into this football game. Let's get started. The Buffalo Bills came into this football te- this football game, 8-3. The pa- the Patriots 6-5. The Bills, as we know, 0-2 in the division. And you know, it just it felt like from the beginning, this was a must-win for this football team. Did it not? It just felt like a must-win for the Bills. Uh when you look at just The implications from the AFC East, the implications on the AFC overall, you know, if the Bills win this game, they're in a situation where if the Dolphins lose, if the Chiefs lose, well, let's start with the Dolphins. If the Dolphins can't beat the 49ers this weekend and the Bills win, which they did, they're in first place in the AFC East again. That's big. That's real big. And then you've got the Chiefs conversation. The Chiefs play the Cincinnati Bengals, who they've had trouble matchup issues with as of late. If the Bills win this football game against the Patriots, which they did, and the Chiefs lose to the Bengals, we're in a situation where the Bills are now not only in first place of the AFC East, but they're also in first place of the AFC. They've got the number one seed again. Now, obviously, there's a myriad of different things that could happen. The Chiefs could win. The Dolphins could lose. The Dolphins could win. The Chiefs could lose. However, at the same time, the Bills, you just felt like they had to win this football game. It was a must-win. And the, the worst-case scenario would be the Bills not showing up, right? Laying an egg, national TV, which the Bills never really do lay an egg on national TV. Yes, they were stressed in that Thursday game on Thanksgiving, four games after you know the, the whole Snowmageddon debacle, having to play another away game home game, away game in Detroit against the Browns, illnesses, sicknesses, even illnesses and sicknesses this week. Josh Allen injured, not having practiced in two weeks. They got through that crap. And then this game. And boy, did they show up. You know, and people were asking me all week. I I probably got asked three times today, twice at the gym this morning. Hey, Joe, what do you think is going to happen? What do you expect for the game? And I was like, I have no idea. I've got no answer. I don't, you know, I do, I do these shows. I do several shows all the time. I'm lucky enough to be asked to be a guest on people's shows. I was on Griff's show uh, yesterday or this morning, I should say, which is a, a Patriots podcast. Griff and I have become pretty good friends. He even asked me, what, you know, what's your prediction? What are your expectations? I'm like, dude, I don't even know what team is going to show up. Right. There's, 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 it's one thing to go into this game With that whirlwind of 12 days or 19 days or whatever it was, where they played like five games in 19 days or or four games, and I don't even know what it was. It was crazy. I heard the stat earlier today. I think it was four games or three games in 12 days or something. It was nuts. And maybe you get the benefit of coming into a Thursday game and the team you're playing is on a short week, right? So they played Sunday and you've got a week to prepare to get kind of right, but they didn't. The Patriots also played on Thanksgiving Day. So there was no real added benefit. There was no real added advantage for the Bills to play this game against the Patriots because the Patriots got the same amount of time. It's funny how the schedule makers always seem to make it easier for the Patriots than they do other teams. It's weird how that works, right? Isn't that a little weird? And we talked about that for like 20 years. Just a little strange. During the drought years, every time the Bills would come off a bye, they'd have to play the Patriots, stuff like that. <laughs> like, it's like, what has happened? Like, the Bills never got the benefit. Seemingly now they are a little bit, but this was a situation where it would have been nice to play somebody that maybe only had four days rest. But people were asking me, like, Joe, what do you think going to happen? And there was an aspect of, I was like, it, it kind of depends on which team is going to show up. You know, the Bills have had not trouble, but it's been a tough sled. They've had difficulties. It's it's not been easy, right? It's not been easy. But you have to expect that they were going to be, or you had to, I should say, expect that they were gonna be better because they're getting guys back, right? We got Groot back, we got Tremaine back, and my gosh, Tremaine Edmonds. Jay Spencer King is in the comment section right now. My gosh. Tremaine Edmonds crazy crazy how well he played in this football game so you just there was just a feeling that things were going to be better right but I still had apprehensions you know we talk about the Patriots all the time we talk about how they're the annoying nephew at Christmas that just won't freaking go away and now they're walking out of their own stadium with a six and six record At you know suffering another loss at the hands of the buffalo bills and this time completely different and it wasn't even a different in the sense that like belichick came in expecting to and like hell bent on stopping josh allen and you know we stopped josh allen they beat us but they beat us because they had to run the ball we took josh allen away they didn't really take Josh Allen away in this football game. Josh, the Bills decided to run the football. Josh Allen probably could have had himself a day had they decided to, but they didn't. So I'm really glad for what we got to see. I'm really glad for this game, how it turned out. Wildest dreams land is upon us again. And, and if you have not heard already or have not seen, I believe Buff on Weck, is uh, crafting a post. There is there is an actual Wildest Dreams Land t-shirt that you can purchase from Uh If you go there, uh, there's gray and blue and red and a couple other sh- different shirts that are for me. But uh, buffonweck.com, you can get a Wildest Dreams Land t-shirt. But uh, Wildest Dreams Land are, are here again and hopefully here to stay. But this game did not necessarily provide... No challenges. Is that the way that you should say that? It was, it was. There were challenges even coming into it, right? No Deion Dawkins. Vaughn Miller, to everybody's surprise, I'm going to play against the Jets. That's the plan. Brandon Bean today shuts him down for four games on IR. Speculation would have you assume that he went and had a follow-up conversation with the doctor and it's not maybe as far along the knee as they had hoped. So we're going to sit Vaughn down. The expectation is he comes back. I guess we'll see. I'm going to be honest with you. Kyrie Elam as a scratch was a surprise to me, but it also told me and made me feel good about the fact that we were going to see a pretty good workload from Tredavious White. And we did. And he played well. So it's so it's, can we just talk or stop and pause just for a moment? How good it is to see 27 on the football field. There's just something about 27 And he feels it too, right? He feels the weight of being Sean McDermott's first draft pick. But 27 is kind of like he represents the change in culture, the change in this team. Everything that we are as a winning organization, he kind of represents that for us now, right? It's so good. It's so good to see 27 on the football field. Hey, my webcam setting thing finally opened. I don't know what's going on with my computer, but it is just, it's just not happy. (laughs) So now you guys are uh, privileged or unprivileged enough to be able to see my face. I don't know which way you want to take that, but uh, yeah, here I am in the flesh. It is me. The voice is still me and the face, unfortunately, is still me. Got our first super chat. Jessica Tennis. thank you so much, as always, for just always being a part of the show and always being here with me. I appreciate you. Any news on what happened to Elam? Team rules? No, I think he was just a scratch. I think their expectation was is they were happier with Dane Jackson, with Tradavius White, and Xavier Rhodes. I don't think he's hurt. Um, I don't think it's a – I mean, it's clearly not a call-up thing. He's on the active roster. So I think literally he was a healthy scratch – Simply due to the fact that they wanted to play Trey and Dane and the backup was Xavier Rhodes. Maybe we'll hear more about that later. I don't know. We'll see. I do want to say this while I'm thinking about it. The Patriots jerseys, their throwbacks are freaking elite. Can we just, we can probably pause for a moment and just stop with the gotta hate the patriots at all costs. We don't need to live in that space anymore because they're no longer the big bad patriots. They're no longer the bully. I did a show on Fanatics like 3 years ago, 4 years ago. I don't I don't even remember. It was a long time ago and my quote from that show was, you know, when you've got a bully that has been like giving you a hard time for for years, at some point you've got to just stand up and punch the bully in the face. And the Bills have done that. Like the bully is gone. The the, the Patriots are no longer a bully to the Buffalo Bills. So with that being said, we can kind of back up in my opinion and just be like, you know what? Let's be honest for a second. The red old throwback Patriot jerseys with that logo and the white helmets are a thousand times better than the flying Elvis and the blue. Get rid of the flying Elvis and the blue and go back to the Reds for for the love of God. uh, Uh... Mr. Kraft, please, please go back to the Reds. They look, they pop on television. They just look super hot. Super, super hot. This would have been a great game to see the Bills in their stand in their standing buffalo against that. Would have been a fun game. Standing Buffalo, white jerseys, like 65 AFL championship jerseys. Oh, yeah. For those of you that uh are somewhat new to Bills Mafia or maybe aren't old enough to realize the Bills do have a a championship they've got an afl championship before the afl and the nfl merged but conversation for another day but those past jerseys are elite elite hot it would have been a great game to see our throwbacks and their throwbacks in the same game would have been awesome but coming into this football game getting kind of back on task the patriots old line you know a little bit of a patchwork situation just kind of like ours Connor mcdermott of all people starting at, at left tackle i believe. No Isaiah win in this football game. They had some injuries. And do we want to stop just for a moment and talk about Ramondre Stevenson? Good Lord, that kid can play football. I had concern about Devontae Parker, who has traditionally played very well against the Bills. No, it never really amounted in wins for the Dolphins. But Parker always seemed to have a good game against us. Not today. Not today. It was nice to see that early on that, you know, I'm I'm going to I put this in my notes and I don't want you to take this the wrong way because it's a good day. I put in my notes that early on, Josh is not the problem. And what that meant was there were some issues here and there, nothing major, but it was clear that Josh was confident. It was clear that he had zip on his throws. Uh, the report was that he was wearing an arm sleeve this week during practice. So the brace was gone. I could not tell if he was wearing a brace. It did not look, by the way, he was throwing the ball, the off, like the off-platform throws that he was making. It looked like the brace was gone. Josh was, he was on point in this football game, right? However, the Patriots did a very good job of containing his legs. That They probably did the best job. It was clear that Bill Belichick went into this football game effectively saying there is no way we're letting Josh Allen beat us with his legs. And he didn't. I almost expected that's what the game was going to happen. When I was being asked, Joe, what are your expectations for this game? That's kind of where I was landing. I was landing on, I think Josh is going to have to rush for hundred yards. He didn't. He ran a bunch, but they were kind of on him. They did a pretty good job bottling him up. Real good job. Super good game. Got on the super chat for you. Payton plays. My guy Payton says, uh, "Be nice to the Patriots." Question mark? No, no, I don't think I will. (laughs) I can't. I can't blame you. I think it's just more of a when you're when you're when you're when you're how do I want to say this? When you're five foot whatever, you're short, and the kid on the playground is six feet tall. Right? We'll just say six feet tall. He's in the eleventh grade and you're in the ninth grade and then he graduates or maybe he doesn't because normally bullies aren't good in school, but at some point in time you sprout, right. And you fill out a little bit. So now it's a situation of like, he's still six feet tall. And even though he seemed kind of strong and big, now that you've sprouted and you've gone from five foot, whatever to six foot three, Hundred ninety five, two hundred pounds. All of a sudden, he doesn't look so big anymore. Right? It's kind of what it's like. Super chats are coming in. <laughs> Joe, to says, stop, Joe. We will never like the pa- the Patriots or their uniforms. Those pa- those those unis were hot. I would never buy one. Jay Spencer King would, but I would never buy a Patriots uniform or a jersey. Uh, my guy Eric Johnson. Good to see you, Eric. I've known Eric since he was a wee little man. So Eric's a good dude. I was at the Sabres Avalanche game tonight watching the Sabres lose again. They showed Bill's highlights between periods uh, to cheer everyone up. Fun. Well, Eric, I'm glad you enjoyed the game. At least I hope you enjoyed the game, but uh, I'm glad you enjoyed the highlights at the the very least. But it was a good football game. Thank you for the super chat, Eric. You were the man. Appreciate you. When you look at this football game, kind of getting back into my notes, it was pretty clear early that the offensive line was getting worked. They were getting worked, especially Quessenberry. And I had a couple people tweet at me just, you know, hey, what's going on? You know, he's almost worse than Bobby Hart. And then Bobby Hart came in the game. <laughs> um, this is what I'll say. Uh, Q was injured. So Q came into this game injured. And when you talk about giving it away early, dude towards that dude, he deserves and is going to get a dude award just for being available because i i i don't i don't know how to i'm trying to i'm trying to figure out how to put it into words like normally when you see somebody walk they walk right with their toes forward some people walk pigeon toed right right so their feet their toes are in and some people walk maybe a little bit out He was basically dragging his left leg behind him. (laughs) It was a little uncomfortable even to watch, but he was still out there. And uh, thank goodness he was to at least stand in the way or be some sort of something for somebody to run run around versus just run through. But uh, the offensive line as a whole, was just there was a point in the game, it, it was during I think the second quarter where I looked at McKenna and I said, I feel like they're gonna need to go to a kind of a, a quick pace three step drop offense. Because the offensive line is having a hard time with uh was it Uche and then uh and then obviously Judon. They were they were just giving him fits. Fits in this football game. Two fumbles, man. There were two fumbles by the Patriots. I'm going somewhere with this. And they recovered their own fumbles. And that stuff matters. This is now, when we talk about being afraid of the Patriots and no longer being afraid of the Patriots, the Patriots are now that football team that makes mistakes. They're the football team that the Bills used to be. That even when the Bills would come out, I remember specifically being at a Bills-Patriots home game. It had to be 2016, I think, is the year. We were up by 10 points at, the, at halftime, and second in the second half, they just decided to unleash Gronkowski on us, and they outscored us like 20 points to nothing in the second half and beat us because the Bills began to make mistakes. And that's kind of who the Patriots are now. They're a team that just makes mistakes, fumbles. Mac Jones dirting the football on, on the one-yard line, where's his head at? I don't, I don't think Josh Allen makes that mistake. I think if Josh Allen drops back, on, uh, and he's standing on the one, right, and he's got two guys coming at him, I think he dives forward to the two. That's the play. Versus, insert Mac Jones crying kid face here, eh! <laughs> and, and throwing the, like, eh! like my little sister would do, like just kind of chucking the ball into the grass so that nobody hits him. That that's that's who this team is now. I don't I don't know if there's even anything to be afraid of. But regardless, those mistakes that are being offered to the Buffalo Bills, they've got to take advantage of. They've got to take advantage of them. If the Bills had taken advantage of the, of of those two fumbles, and then even had gotten Mac Jones down inside of the end zone that game would have been over in the second quarter. And they probably would have beaten the over as well because they would have had probably 28 points in the first half. It would have been crazy. But even when you're trying to break this game down versus the games that we've seen over the last couple of weeks, it's hard to nitpick. So that little spot that I gave you was a nitpick. What is a nitpick, Joe? A nitpick is where we played a very complete football game. We beat a division rival. We're now 1-2. and two. We're at 9-3. and three. Everything's looking up. If you're going to nitpick, what are you going to nitpick on? I'm going to nitpick on the fact that there were two fumbles and we didn't recover either of them, and there was an opportunity to get a safety in the game. That's a nitpick. I thought, I thought Ken Dorsey had a great game. While there were some moments in the second half that – Got a little possibly disjointed. There was the one-third down play where they went heavy, right? They had a heavy set that was to the strong side, and then he threw the slant to Diggs on the left. Brilliant play call. Josh Allen was under center a lot in this game. The run game was cooking. (laughs) So this this is the drama of my life. So the drama of my life is the fact that McKenna, my oldest, my angel. Not that Addison, my 13 year old who just turned 13, isn't my angel. McKenna is my angel. Addison is my angel baby. See what I did there? So I've got my oldest and then I've got my youngest. McKenna is my angel. Addison's my angel baby. All this to say this, or all that to say this. McKenna has a boyfriend and he was making the run game is cooking puns and I. Me and McKenna were making fun of him. So that's a shout out to you, Nick. If I don't know if you listen to my show or not, you probably don't, but if you do, the run game was cooking, y'all. James Cook looked good in this football game. Really, I really liked what I saw from it. Like it wasn't you over the last three games, you have lit you. We've all heard the phrase about the game slowing down for players in the last three games, you have witnessed the game slowed down for James Cook. You've watched it happen. He's gone from like seeing holes and darting through them uh, to taking advantage and like making guys miss to now stopping, backing up like a half step and starting in another direction because he's like, wrong hole, I want to go over here. And then gaining five yards. James Cook looked dangerous. He also was kind of taking on that Cole Beasley role. You've heard James, uh, Jay Spence and myself talk a lot about how much this team misses Cole Beasley, the Beasley, the player. There's a lot of curl routes in this game where, where cook was just going two, three yards out. Alan hit, hit him with the football cook could turn around. And if he fell down, great. If he got a couple extra yards, great. There was a lot to be said for what happened in this football game that came from that running back group. It was, it was something to see. I don't, Spoiler alert, it's going to be my the story of this game for me when I get to that point. But it was it was literally shades of what we used to see the Bills do when it came to marching the football down the field. Oh, you're not going to give me anything intermediate or deep? I'll just I'll hit Cole Beasley. Well, now it's I'll hit James Cook over and over again. It was great. James Cook, coming into the NFL, James Cook, I think the most touches he had as a college football player in a game was 14, and I believe it happened twice. In this game alone, this game, we're seeing the progression of James Cook right before our, eye, our eyes. James Cook, it touches in this game, he had 20 in this game. He had 14 rushes for 65 yards. He had six receptions for 41. If you're a fantasy guy, that's 16 points. All he was missing was the T D. Payton plays with the super chat. Payton, thank you for jumping in again. Appreciate you. In hindsight, H I N E S, hindsight, we should have run cook more. Maybe. I like the two headed monster. It was there was clear run situation moments. Payne says he says he's proud of that one. <laughs> and he's smirking from he's got the Grinch smirk going from ear to ear right now. Um, what was I just gonna say? Oh, uh there were clear run situations. Stop, stop distracting me, y'all. There were clear run situations where historically over the last three years, we as fans sat on the couch and we said, they're gonna run the ball here. And the defense that the Bills were playing were like, they're going to run the ball here. And it turned into no game. There were several of those moments in this game where it was an obvious the Bills are going to run the ball, even if it was because Josh was under center and they still got four, five, six, seven yards. Both of them, James Cook and Devin Singletary. Whatever is going on with that run game, I like it. I like it a whole bunch. A whole bunch. What did I not like? <laughs> what? Did, hey, Joe, what did, what did you not like? Funny you should ask. I do have something that I didn't necessarily like. Why can this football team not run a wide receiver screen? Well, somebody – a wide receiver screen is a college football play that – Every college team executes, which means that every one of these players that are on this football team have executed wide receiver screens at the college level. Every NFL team can run a wide receiver screen except for the Buffalo Bills. I don't get it. (laughs) Like, what? What did you not like, Joe? I don't like the wide receiver screen. I don't... It, it literally comes down to mental mistakes and blocking errors, and as much as it wasn't a wide receiver screen, Naheem Hines would have scored on that one play that he stretched to the left, except for the fact that Stefan Diggs and Gabe Davis are out there. They've got a guy inside on Davis, outside on Diggs, right? Naheem Hines is going to come their way with a handoff, and this is what's happening on the wide receiver screens as well. Davis dives down, Diggs takes Davis guy, and then Diggs' guy is – Standing there like, come to daddy. And Naheem Hines did and got tackled. Why can't this football team execute a wide receiver screen? That's probably the only thing from this game that I didn't like. If you want more things that I didn't like, check with Joe Marino in the morning because he does a very good job of things I liked and things I didn't like, (laughs) did not like rather. I think the most ridiculous stat from this football game that I heard, and it came from the broadcast, so if you were watching the broadcast, there was a point at the four-minute mark, of four minutes left in the second half, where the Patriots had just run their 14th play. Four-minute mark of the second half, the Patriots had just run their 14th play. Actually, I think that's di- I think that's backwards. I think the Bills had just run their 31st play is the way that Al Michaels said it. The Bills just ran their 34, 31st play in the first half, and the Patriots have run 14. <laughs> oh, I laugh at you, Bill Belichick. So, RJ Melville, I just I just happened to glance down. RJ Melville with a chat says, uh, ask Fina about why they can't run a screen uh, this week. I bet someone is giving away a tell to it. Because they always know exactly when we're going to run it, even as rarely rarely as it is. So oddly that you should give me this comment. I was in a group. This is not a brag. Obviously, I know them. They're my friends. As much as I text Spence all the time, I text Jerry Ostrowski and John Fina all the time. I texted the two of them, and I literally had this conversation of what is going on. They didn't have an answer. So spoiler alert for Monday. Monday in the John off-tackle with John Fina show. Are you listening? Psst, you, all of you watching this show, if you can hear me right now, off-tackle with John Fina. We had Daryl Tally on last week, or this past week. This week, we've got Drew Bledsoe. Row roh <laughs> So maybe we'll ask Drew Bledsoe. Why this football team can't run a wide receiver screen? So he is going to be on the Off Tackle with John Fina show this Monday, this coming Monday, this Victory Monday. We're going to talk about we're going to talk about uh, Josh Allen and what he sees and what he likes and his thoughts on this football team. So I digress. I think what's interesting to me, um, and I'm almost done with my notes here, so just stick with me for a second. After the Patriots, or after I'm sorry, after the Buffalo Bills go up three to nothing, the Patriots score to make it seven and three, and and then the Bills go touchdown, touchdown to extend their lead. Right, then they eventually kick a field goal to make it three possessions. The Bills at that point never looked back, and frankly, the Patriots didn't either. My next note (laughs) is re-sign Tremaine Edmonds. Any conversation. Uh, Any arguments, any waffling, any disdain, any negative feelings, any um, expectation that negative Bills Mafia member might have needs to just go away. Tremaine Edmonds literally made his own case for himself over the last three games. Four games? Four games. Over the last four games, He, the Buffalo Bills are beating, not beating, but they're firmly in a game against the Vikings. Excuse me. Tremaine goes out. Bills lose that game. The defense doesn't look great in a difficult game against the Browns. The defense doesn't, Tremaine doesn't play. The the defense doesn't look great in a game against the Lions. Tremaine doesn't play. Tremaine comes back against the Patriots, and it's all over the freaking football field. You resign that cat. Keep Tremaine in Buffalo. I got a t-shirt idea for Tremaine. I'm not going to give it to you. I got to figure out how to put it together. But I got a t-shirt idea for Tremaine. I think the most notable thing from this football game, the most noteworthy, the thing that like shocked me the most in this football game I don't know how, if you were clued into it. I don't know if you paid attention to it. After halftime, in that first five, six, seven, eight minutes, Gillette was really quiet. Like, really. Josh Allen is at the line making checks and making calls, and he's just talking. Like, he's not even yelling. He's just talking to his guys. It was quiet in that stadium. This, this is what I'm here for. As much as 2022, I'm going to back up. As much as we had 2020 coming out, coming out party, 2021 dominant football team just fell short. 2022, ups and downs, but still lauded as the best team in football. And they probably are when they're on. When the Buffalo Bills are on and they're not incredibly injured and they're not beating themselves, they're the best team in football. The best feeling I have is beating the Patriots and making those, I'm going to say a bad word, making those Patriot fans be quiet. It's just, it's borderline poetic. You wanted a positive like post-game show for me because I was negative the last two. Here you go, Bill's Mafia. you got it. I'm being positive. I'm all up in my feelings couple of injury concerns, and I haven't heard Jordan Phillips. Obviously, on that weird kind of runaround thing that uh, Mac Jones did, jumped down and tried to dive at his legs and missed and stayed on the ground. Dawson Knox, we clearly don't know. I heard collarbone, and then somebody told me he was limping off the field, and then he came back on. oh, you kind of hope that he's going to be okay. McKenzie, at one point, did walk off the field injured. I don't know how he did, but yeah. So story of the football game. So actually, you know, before before I give you the story of this football game, I'm going to jump over and I'm going to do my Western New York beer trail read. The brand new 2023, this book right here, Trail Pass from Western New York Beer Trail is now available. The 2023 uh, pass is bigger and better than ever. And there's no better time to get ready for your next uh, for next year than right here right now the new pass features 53 breweries cideries meaderies and beer bars all over western new york while almost every stop still offers the two half price beers with your pass there's uh several other offers inside that that are available to you and uh from select locations such as discounts on flights food and merchandise you can save over $400 you can save $400 by purchasing This bad boy right here, like a T-Bass field goal, you just can't miss. The 2023 trail pass and other trail uh, beer trail items are available at our website, York, WNY, sorry, beertrail.com, www.wnybeertrail.com. Am I the only one that when you see WNY, literally I just say Western New York, that's that's absolutely what just happened to me. WNYbeertrail.com. Just click on the shop tab. Uh, and then, uh, there is a code there. Hopefully it still works, but this is the perfect way for you to start your holiday shopping early, uh, and even get yourself a little something as well. We at Western New York beer trail are proud to support everything local craft beer, small businesses, local charities, this show as well. Watch out for meetups, fundraising events along the way, Western New York beer trail drink local support local. We will see you on the trail. Ladies and gentlemen, please do me a favor. Go get your beer trail. You're, you're your Western New York beer trail pass. You, you, you deserve it, right? Somebody, if you don't deserve it, somebody in your life does. Go get it. Story of the game. We saw something in this football game that we have not seen. I want to say that there was a time in 2020, a game, I believe it was the 49ers game. I'm trying to remember back to last year. We saw something in this football game that we've not seen seen in a very long time. The run game specifically, I gave it away a little bit a little bit ago. The run game was huge in this game in this football game. The run the ground the ground and pound, right? You're talking about a situation with an ailing offensive line, the Bills, in pass protection versus a very aggressive and talented defensive line, which I think was on display in this game. And what do you do to slow that down? Good teams, good running teams run the football. That's how you slow down a pass rush. You run the ball, you run straight at them. It was amazingly encouraging to see the Buffalo Bills commit to the run, to see the Buffalo Bills execute the run, to see the Buffalo Bills be successful in the run and I'm going to be honest with you. The success that James Cook had, in my opinion, brought success to Devin Singletary as well. There was an aspect that felt like that they were feeding off of each other because they're very different players and they're both talented in their own right. I love the rotation that the Bills did. Uh, I think I saw a couple of tweets. That people were just like, where's Devin at? Why is he not playing? And I was like, what? it's not about that. And it's not. It's not... I hope gone are the days of the backup running back gets one series per half. And then we basically just, you know, try to slam Devin into the offensive line for the rest of the game. I feel like the Bills found something in this game and make no mistake, what you witnessed from this run game, from this development, from this execution, very much... Played a huge role. I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of how I want to put this together. Played a huge role in the outcome of the football game. So granted, it wasn't a huge scoring game, which is what we all want to see. And it wasn't wildly entertaining with Josh Allen throwing the football all over the field. But it was a very secure victory. It was a very dominant victory. And if the Bills can do this consistently, if they can bring this element to... Every football game, they're going to be borderline impossible to beat. And this coming from a guy that would tell you that I would prefer not to see the run game. I would rather see three-yard and two-yard passes. But there's something to be said for what the Bills did in this football game with Devin Singletary and James Cook. It was it was freaking fantastic. Freaking fantastic. Let's get over to the... uh the stats from the game. So the Buffalo Bills, Josh Allen was uh, 22 of 33, exactly 60% uh, for 223 yards, two touchdowns. James Cook was 14 to 64. He averaged 4.6 yards per carry. What a game. Great game that kid had. Devin was 13, uh, 13 carries for 51 yards. Josh was 8 for 20 yards. And that's where I get into when I said that they did a very good job of, of bottling up Josh Allen. Rarely do you see Josh Allen average 2.5 yards per carry. Regardless, the Bills, what, they rushed for 130 yards in this football game. Stephon Diggs, 7-92. Uh, Seven receptions for 92 yards, a touchdown. Isaiah McKenzie, five. What is it about Isaiah McKenzie and the Patriots? If we played the Patriots every single game, Isaiah McKenzie would be the best wide receiver in the NFL. James Cook was six for 41. Naheem Hines, one for 21. Gabe Davis, two for 15. He had a nice touchdown. He clapped it, and every time I see him clap a football, I wonder why he's on the hands team. It is what it is. Khalil Shakir, one for 10. The Bills had a difficult time getting to Mac Jones. I believe the sack by A.J. Epinesa was the only one, right? Wasn't that the only sack in the game for the Bills? Patriots, uh Mac Jones, 22 of 36 for 195 for a touchdown or with one touchdown. I like Ramondre Stevenson. I liked him last year. 10 uh, carries for 54 yards. The the Bills, you know, they kept him in 5.4. Could have been worse. Where he really hurt them was, like, the screen passes they were throwing him. Mac Jones, 3 for 7. He ran for about a 1,000 yards behind the line of scrimmage. Mac, uh, Marcus Jones, rather, 2 for 51. Obviously, he had the long screen play for the touchdown. Taekwon Thornton, 2 for 31. It's like, who are these guys? Ramondre Stevenson, uh, 6 for 24. Jacoby Myers, 3 for 22. Nelson Aguilar. I don't, even, I don't even remember Nelson Aguilar's name being called during the football game. I expected a lot more from Devontae Parker. They didn't get It, it is what it is. When you look at the overall team stats for this game, total yards, the Bills had 355, the Patriots 242. Passing yards, 223 for the Bills, 182 for the Patriots, 132 uh, rushing yards, 60 for the Patriots. They just housed them. They literally, it was just a complete football game from the buffalo bills 4.9 yards per play for the bills 4.7 for the patriots 22 first downs for the bills 14 for the patriots 9 of 15 on 13 uh, on third down rather 3 of 12 for the patriots that's awful 3 of 12 3 first downs on third three conversions on third downs for the for the patriots uh fourth downs only the patriots went for they were one for one total play 72 for the bills 51 for the patriots sacks allowed two versus one punts three versus six so we did punt three times in this game penalties yada yada fumbles lost the bills lost one fumble it was the josh Allen fumble which was absolutely 1000 percent not his fault uh and then the big one is time of possession the bills had 38 freaking minutes of time of possession to the patriots 21 52 crazy crazy stat Peyton plays with another super chat dude you the man appreciate you you are the man. The, Pat, uh, the Pats' leading receiver was one of their cornerbacks. <laughs> Let's all get a hearty chuckle on that. I actually didn't know that. That is good information. That's good to know. Dude Awards. So for those of you that are uh, not familiar with the Dude Awards, uh, effectively, this show does the Dude Awards. And what we do is we give arrow up, arrow down, uh, thumbs up, thumbs down, good game, bad game, five stars, no stars, are all wrapped up in the Dude Awards. So if somebody has a good game, they – it's dude, you did a great, great job, dude. You had a great game. If they did not have a good game, it's dude, bro. We gotta talk. And it's funny because people are now tweeting at me, dude, bro. <laughs> negative dude award, dude, bro. It's funny, you guys, you guys kill me with this stuff. But uh, I have no negative dude awards, none. I I thought for a moment uh, to give Damar Hamlin a negative dude award for the missed assignment, not assignment, the missed decision on the one long play that the Patriots had on their only touchdown. And then obviously he had the big hit, but the big hit broke up a touchdown. He basically, I felt it was clean. It was good old fashioned football. The new rules are the new rules, but I did not. So we have no negative dude awards in this game. You could probably give one (laughs) to an offensive line here, offensive lineman here or there, but uh, we're not going to go down that road. My positive dude awards, Tremaine Edmonds gets my first one. The dude was all over the field. Uh, he was a uh, sideline to sideline. He was in the gaps. He was a sure tackler in this football game. Tremaine played very, very well. The entire defensive line uh, without Vaughn Miller, to me, played very well in this game, and they should have. They played a very suspect offensive line that is, as we talked about, patchwork in the Patriots, and they came to play in this game. The last dude award for me, let's talk about Josh Allen getting that swag back. Josh Allen with my final dude award because that dude found himself once again. As I said, happy days are here again. So this is what's up. So uh, I am now dropping in podcast form if you're listening to this in podcast. The tweets are now being dropped in the Mafia Monday segment on the Overreaction Sports Network, which is my podcast feed so if you're looking for the tweets you're going to have to wait until Monday to get them in podcast however I'm going to read them live right now on YouTube ladies and gentlemen this is what I'm going to tell you there's a bunch of you watching right now live if you want more content from me Joe Miller go to your favorite podcast network it's audio only right now type in overreaction sports you're going to get a series of podcasts from me on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Monday is Mafia Monday. Wednesday is Wake Up Wednesday. Friday is Rapid Fire Friday. All three days have different content, different uh, concepts to them. But if you're looking for more content from me, Overreaction Sports, Mafia Monday, Wake Up Wednesday, Rapid Fire Friday. Uh, But uh, with that, I'm going to get out of here. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been tuned into the Overreaction Buffalo Post game show. Brought to you by the market dominator team on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network. My name is Joe Miller. You can find me on Twitter as always at Joe Miller Wired. I love you guys. I appreciate you guys. Victory Friday, Victory Saturday, Victory Sunday, Victory Monday, Victory Tuesday, all the way to next week with the Buffalo Bills, the nine and three Buffalo Bills host. Probably the Mike White, New York Jets. Until then, what do we got coming up? Monday. No show, no overreaction show on Sunday. Off Tackle with John Fina Monday. Drew Bledsoe is our guest. And then Humpty Hotline on Wednesday. Appreciate you guys. Love you. Go Bills.